What's up, everybody? Yours truly back in the space, back in the place. Once again, Mickey Smith Jr. And you know what time it is. It's time to see the sound. Thank you for joining us. Sound 180 Educators is our is our platform, is our community. And we're here to help you create a sound 180 days of classroom instruction harmony, helping you be resilient, helping you to be inspired in this season. That's what it's all about, because now more than ever, our teachers need our teachers need advocates in this in this arduous journey. We're here for you today. And, and not just us here on the podcast, but it's guests that we bring in that share their dynamic stories, their heart, their message in a way that helps you to keep on going. And I am I am beyond excited today. I have a dear friend of mine, you know, uh, they call him the rapping mathematician, but I, I, I call my man Alex, man. Alex Cacciatani is in the house. He's an inspiring and engaging and most importantly, authentic ambassador and advocate for educators out there. And I'm truly blessed to, to know him and call him a friend. Alex, thank you for being with us today here on See the Sound. Always an honor to be with you, Mickey. So excited to share this space and uh, thanks so much for having me. Awesome, awesome. Guys, look, you're in for a treat today. I can't even express it fully. And you're going to find out exactly what so many of us know on the other side of this sound. So sit back and enjoy. See the sound. Hey, once again, guys, Mickey Smith Jr. here. You are in the See the Sound podcast, and we're excited today. There's folks uh, out there today that that know exactly what you're about to find out. You know, Katie Couric, we got Dr. Harry Wong, we got all sorts of individuals that have experienced uh, what you're about to experience today, and that is an individual that has been in the trenches, but now watch this. He didn't just stop in the classroom. Now he's reaching out and he's pouring into educators, administrators, leaders across our country. And today we're just honored to be able to have a little time with him today to just talk about what we're going through in this thing called the profession. So, Alex, man, it's great to have you. Um, For those that may not know, I always like to give my guests a little time to just share a little bit about themselves. You know, I I could brag on you, man. He won't toot his own horn, but I'll go ahead and say it. California Teacher of the Year. I'm going to say it. TED Talk Speaker. CBS Evening News guy. He's been to the White House. I mean, my man has done some amazing things. And I don't say that to impress you, but to impress upon you uh, that he has had just a wonderful, wonderful wealth of experiences uh, that that now we get to we get to enjoy today. So, Alex, tell us how did how did all this get started? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much again for having me. Uh, what what an honor to be here. But yeah, I, I think my journey really started uh, just out of out of desperation. You know, several years ago, I myself was a new teacher just struggling to survive in my classroom. And I, I couldn't seem to get my students to pay attention or sit still in their seats. And I certainly couldn't get them to remember, you know, the math I had just taught them five minutes ago. But what I realized is a rap song would come out on Monday and by Tuesday, they seemed to have every single word memorized. And so I thought, okay, I got to play on this strength, right? And so one day we were studying adding and subtracting decimals. I wrote a rap song about the itty bitty dot just line up the dot and give it all you got. I sang it for my students. It was a total disaster. They began laughing at me hysterically, but (laughs) the next day, you know, they, they came to class saying it was the greatest day ever. Was I going to rap again? And, and Josue Hernandez even asked me if I was going to quit teaching and be on MTV full time. (laughs) For some reason, MTV hasn't called yet, but at the end of the week, my students test score shot through the roof. And so I've been math rapping ever since. They said I needed a name and and videos. And so the students started making videos out of the songs. And um, from there, it just kind of took off. And now the videos have received hundreds of thousands of views and are being used in 
homes and classrooms all over the world to help engage kids in math and and make math cool. So I've just been really blessed to, and honored to um, you know have such such good fortune. But uh, I think you know really at the heart of it all, Mickey is it, it just came down to a willingness to stop and go, okay, what is it that my students really need, and what is it that they really require? And what I found is that. So often as educators, we've got to stop trying to take the curriculum and force it into their lives and instead take their lives and see where it fits into the curriculum. And that simple, as you would say, 180 you know, degree shift of switching that up changed everything for me in my classroom, changed the way I saw everything. Wow. That, that's, that's powerful, you know, because oftentimes... We do. We try to bring our perspective and use that as the only perspective. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we don't teach as much as we reach. I mean, as educators, we should be reaching out to them. We should be we should be reaching out to their hearts to engage their minds. And that's that's a powerful idea of seeing what what matters to the kids. And uh, at the end of the day, it's not even just a subject matter, but in a way, you're really showing them that they matter by doing that. So, um, you know, Alex, that, that, that makes me kind of want to go in this direction uh, as we're talking. What do you think the most important thing um, for an educator to have or to do in, in today's classroom? What's, what's, well, the, what's the most yeah. important thing? Yeah, into like as of right now, today, yeah. this year, clearly resilience, right? I think we'd all agree <laughs> that that, uh, I mean, I, uh, you know, not only have I been doing my own online teaching, but, um, you know, I've been talking to educators all over the country, all over the world, actually. And so, um, so I think, uh, you know, if you were to, as you specifically asked me that question today, right now, resilience, but in an overall sense, you know, and as we take into account the years before the pandemic, and obviously the years that will come after the pandemic, I think, you know, really what it is, is it comes down to a couple of things or a few things. First of all, it comes down to our ability to build relationships with students, right? Obviously, especially as a middle school math teacher, I come, you know, a lot of students come to me with, let's just say, less than stellar relationship with yeah. the mathematics that they've been learning. And so our ability to connect with and 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 build relationships with students is is really critical. The second thing I think we need to do is, or that I've really learned along the way is, is to do whatever it is that we can to make the content engaging. So whether that content means, you know, putting it in a way that they understand in a format that they understand, like rap music, whether it is really taking into account our students' ethnicity and race and backgrounds, uh, as well as their interests, and then taking that and spinning it in a way which is going to make that content interesting, interesting and engaging to them are really critical things. And so when you've got the relationship piece down, when you've got the engagement piece down, now you're really starting to create a culture in your classroom where everybody, teacher included, really thrive and are at their best. That's good. Yeah, I, I, I'm experiencing that firsthand, just to be fully transparent. Uh, I've, I've recently moved, uh, made a significant move distance-wise. Yeah, you did. And, um, you know, I'm at a I'm at a great school, but I'm gonna be honest, it's different. It's different than the Bayou State, man. It's different than Louisiana. I bet. <laughs> Not in the Bayou anymore, man. Right. And uh and and now I find myself in those situations where I'm I'm asking, who are these people in my room? 
You know, what what are their perspectives? What matters to them? And I'm reminded now more than ever, you know, uh, that that all those things play that valuable role in the teaching experience. And I guess it always did. But because I was in my comfort zone and because I was in a place where I didn't really have to give a second thought to where the hearts and the minds of those folks were, I just naturally did it. Now I'm having to be more conscientious. I'm having to be more aware of who's in the room. Uh, but, you know, as a musician, I always have to be cognizant of that. Uh, I think it's not even about how well you play, but it's how well you engage your audience. And that's why, I, as I'm listening to you, I just keep thinking about the parallels between teaching and the performance art that is, you know, being a musician. Uh, it, it's so powerful. But I would even say maybe, you know, engagement is a level of entertainment, uh, you know, making sure that we captivate their hearts and their minds at the same time. Um, when did you start feeling like you, you, you maybe had a knack for engaging students. Was there was there a moment? Was there was there an epiphany, or did you just start noticing some common threads? You know, for that educator out there that's like, man, I, I don't know if it's getting better. What are maybe some things you you'll start noticing about your kids other than the test scores improving? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And and you know, as you were talking earlier about you know students coming into our classrooms, I, I think that that's really one of the things that we see year after year is that. No two, no two classes of students are the same, right? Every year, students come into our rooms and, and enter our schools, and they can be vastly different than the students who entered our rooms just a year earlier. I mean, the students who are in our classrooms now, they've got the experience you know, of living through this pandemic. That is not an experience that the students that we had, regardless of what level we teach, uh, had two years ago. The students who enter into our room, you know, two years from now, our rooms two years from now, they're going to be vastly different from the ones who are sitting in front of us. And so just being, you know, being very aware of what, you know, what the students are influenced by, the, the worldview, you know, I mean, there can be a popular television show or video game that is influencing our students, you know, that that is changing them and changing the mindset. And so I think it's just kind of being aware of, you know, really the world around us, the world around them. And at the same time, understanding, you know, students come to us for the relationship. They love being in our class for the relationship. However, they don't stay because of the relationship. We don't want, we don't want them to, they, we don't want to create relationships, only relationships that are so great that they come back to our class yeah. every single year. No, we want them to move <laughs> on, to right? <laughs> exactly. We want them to go on to the next level and things like that. And so, you know, again, they come for the relationship, but they leave for the content. And that's something that's, you know, that's really, really critical. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's just having that awareness, having that knowledge, but at the same time, really understanding, okay, we've, we've got it. We, we want, we do not want students who stay in our classroom the rest of their lives. We want students who, who move on and, and who continue to, to, you know, be successful when we are not physically in the room with them anymore. I hear that, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm hearing from you. We got to be a student of the students. That's at right. At the same time, you got to tell them like I tell them in my class, keep on going. <laughs> I, need you to, I need you to take that knowledge and I need you to go. I love it. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Let's go. Let's keep this thing going. You know, this, all, in, this seat, all in love. This seat expires after 180 days. So let's uh, let's make sure you're ready. That's it. That's it. 
you know, you talk about making sure that we're ready. I think, you know, I, uh, one of my mentors, just a, a great speaker, Dr. Eric Thomas, he has this this line. Um, I got to be honest with you. I don't think my wife really cares for it because she's a she's a literacy teacher. She's big uh-huh. on grammar. And my man, he says, if I if I stay ready, I ain't got to get ready. And I know that's that's terrible, terrible language, bad grammar. Right. But the premise of it is so powerful that that if I'm if I'm continuing to develop, if I'm continue to be self-aware, if I if I continue to be prepared, then I'm always prepared. It's, it's that simple. Right. Preparation yeah. is, is key, especially in today's times. You'll you'll never have all the answers, but just that ability to be in position to answer the call is so powerful. And I think part of that power comes from our ability to adapt. You know, and, and I'm I'm so amazed right now, uh, just at the the dynamic of teaching. Man, it's it's changed a lot in the last few months, even last oh, few years. Yeah, it's, I, it's been challenging. Yeah. What what are you seeing out there with folks, and and uh, what what changes? What are the biggest changes that you're seeing that even somebody that's been in the game, you, you kind of have to go, wow, this is this is unprecedented. If I can use yeah. that terrible word, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Before I answer that, I. I feel free to share this with your wife as an alternative to uh, yeah. Eric, Eric Thomas, what Eric Thomas says. And one of the things that I like to say is that I learned today so that I can learn tomorrow, right? Just same thing, staying stay sharp, continuing to learn. And, and really you can apply that to uh, to anything you do today so that you can do it tomorrow. But I always like I to say today that so I, can I, learn tomorrow. I learned today so I can learn tomorrow. But, um, you know, as far as changes, I think, uh, I mean, geez, over the past, I'm just going to call it two years. As a math teacher, I like to round things up. I think it's been about 18 months. But, um, you know, over the past couple of years, I think that there have been obviously and clearly significant changes that have rocked the teaching profession. You know, there are the obvious sort of external things like having to learn to teach online. Uh, For me, that's, I really love the online world. I love teaching online. Um, I watch my own kids take online classes. Similar to, you know, in-person schools, some teachers are teaching very well online. Others are really struggling, just like in the in-person classroom. I'm super excited because in April, uh, at the, in April of 2022, I've got a new book coming out called 101, 101 Tips for Teaching Online. And so really just putting together the, the best practices of teachers who are absolutely rocking it. But so there's kind of been this external switch to, you know, t- uh, teaching online and how do I teach online? How do I teach in a hybrid? How do I make sure everybody's getting what they need, whether they're at home or in person or in between and things like that. And so, I mean, that in and of itself has been a huge shift. The other huge shift, I think, that relates directly to teachers and educators and and what we do is this concept of self-care, right? And at first, it seems like a really, really good idea. Of course, self-care, who who wouldn't want self-care? But as the months have gone on, what I continue to hear from teachers is things like, you know, my principal wants me to do self-care, but we don't have enough time yes. <laughs> to do self-care, right? It just, self-care should never be one more thing you have to do or one more thing that you're forced to do. And so when we look at burnout and we look at rates of burnout and, and things like that, you know, uh, Adam Grant in his wonderful book, Give and Take says, has done a lot of, of research on burnout and teacher burnout and things like that. And has really found that the robust antidote to burnout is having 
a good network of teachers and teacher mm. friends that you can draw upon. And so instead of self-care, I think really the key is making the shift from self-care to caring for each other. That's good. When we're looking out for each other, when we're caring for each other, when we are in, set, in a staff meeting, instead of saying, how can we take care of ourselves? Making that shift to simple shift to saying, how can we start to take care of each other? That really is the key to changing things and, and to helping to reduce burnout and, and you know, really just get through this to be perfectly blunt. I mean, I think I saw on social media, and I'm sure you've seen it too, as has anybody who's listening. I think last year, last week alone, I saw four social media posts about teachers who've just had it. They've had enough. They're done. You know, thank you next when it comes. And these are people who have invested their entire, you know, entire careers and educations and following their dreams of becoming teachers and are now saying, you know what, I'm out. Yeah. Forget it. And so clearly these are people who, you know, yes, as, as I think many teachers are feeling this crunch and this burnout, but um, when we are surrounded by people who we are caring for and are caring for each other, I think we're significantly decreasing the rate of burnout and the chances of burnout. And sometimes that, and clearly that is what we need in order to get through is each other. And that's something that is often overlooked when we're just focused on self-care man that i'm that, you know th I, and folks folks that are listening now you're seeing what i'm talking about see i told you at the start i told you i said my man is gonna come on and he's gonna change your perspective and you literally have i i've never thought about self-care in such a way it's really it's really our care you know as a community you know life's better when we band together that's always my saying to folks and and truly it, it's it's an ensemble there's no soloist in here matter of fact i'm a pretty good musician but i've never had anybody uh pay top top dollar to hear me play unaccompanied even even if i'm even if i'm playing to a track or something i'm still there's still other sounds other than my singular sound and and when you think about like a broadway production you know sometimes they have the one one person show but that's that's a rarity but even with that there's still a cast of hundreds, you know, that that help put this thing together. And I think sometimes we forget that that, you know, no person is an island. And especially in this in this time, we don't want to be marooned in the burnout. Right. We want to make sure that we that we that we come on the other side of this thing. But we can only do that together. It's so funny. Uh, you know, Alex, as you're talking about that, I got a mental picture of some time I was spending with my son. And uh, growing up as a kid, we didn't have a lot, you know, we weren't like destitute or homeless, but I'm telling you, we, we didn't just have a lot of a lot right. of extra. So uh, things like comic books, you know, I didn't have any. My mom was like, I'm not buying that. I had to draw my own comic books, man. I mean, if you wanted it, she was like, you need to draw it, right? <laughs> so I didn't really follow all the characters. But now that he's of age, it's not so much comic books now. Now it's the movies. Like the the, the, the superheroes have these these big brand. I mean, they, these big marketing yeah. uh, uh, juggernauts. And I noticed something that no matter what the superpower is, very few of these guys do anything by themselves. You got the Avengers, you got the, the Justice League, you got DC, I think I'm saying that right, DC, you got you got all these, these different folks. And you would think the only movie I've ever seen where they had just one guy, my man died. 
and it was Superman. Ah. Like I'm like, <laughs> like think I'm like Superman, you know. So and I think so many times, you know, and I'm guilty of it. I'm I'm just kind of speaking from my heart right now. You you kind of you kind of convicted me because there's there's times where where I was like, no, I have to gut through this. But you're right, self care is banding together with others, and uh, none of us. None of us are equipped to take this journey alone. So if anybody out there is listening and you're struggling, it's okay. Like you're human, <laughs> even if yeah. you're superhuman. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, you know, because I think that, you know, and, and I think especially, you know, here in America, we sort of have this, yeah. this perception that there's this history of, you know, rugged individualism and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and things like that. And, and I think that actually one of the most damaging terms that people put on themselves is this concept of being a self-made, you know, yeah, self-made yeah. millionaire or self-made person or, you know, self, you know, self-made business person and things like that. And I mean, the truth is behind every, you know, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here because yeah, yeah. you can't see people, the listeners can't see me, but behind every self-made person, you know, are, you know, dozens of teachers who have you know, helped to learn everything from reading to finance, to history, to, you know, to relationships, to so the social emotional learning and things like that. Behind every self-made person are hopefully people who have assisted along the way. And, and, you know, I know that that there are varying degrees to that, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but, um, but I, I have, I have yet to really see somebody who has ever become successful or even just, you know, become what they, they what they've become completely by themselves you know none of us none of us grew up completely isolated from other people and then some have done better than others uh but none of us have have really gotten to where we are alone and and i don't want our students to think that as well i, I if you know if if our students could if my students could walk into my class every day thinking hey we're all in this together then uh, i think we're really on our way toward creating really the culture that we need in our schools in our classrooms and throughout our communities. Yeah, yeah, just changing those perceptions, changing that, shifting that paradigm, getting people to see things a little bit clearer. That's what this is all about. Um, you know, as as we're talking here, I, I just can't help but be inspired by you. Uh, just hearing you talk, this is this is nothing that's scripted or out of a book. This is just from your heart, and I can tell that you truly, truly have a passion for education, not just for the teaching but for the profession as a whole. Um, I, I, you know, anybody that looks at your schedule or you know, follows you sees that you're pretty active. And it could be, the argument could be made that you could burn out pouring into others. So I, I, I have a question. I don't ask all my guests this, but I'm gonna ask you, you know, where does your passion come from? Where, where, where do you find purpose? Because we use those terms and they feel super deep and the sky will part and, and the heavens will open. But, but what, does, what does purpose, what does passion mean to you day in and day out? What is it a well you draw from? Is it what, what what is it for you? Because by answering that, it may allow somebody to look at themselves and ask themselves, what is my passion? What is my purpose? Because I think that's the thing that fuels, especially in times like this. That is a great question. And, you know, thank you for asking that. I think, first of all, that there are misperceptions about passion and purpose that you know, that passion and purpose need to be, you know, these huge projects that you take on or these incredibly amazing ways that you live your life and, and things like that. And for me, you know, passion, purpose, 
what they really are, they're moments, right? They, we have good moments, we have bad moments, we have you know, moments where we feel like we've got it all figured out. We have moments when we realize we know absolutely nothing. We have no idea what we're doing. And so, you know, each of them is just a moment, no more or less significant than the other. And so for me, you know, when I am, or I should say, you know, for the past several years, when I am, you know, working with teachers, I feel like I, that is exactly where I'm supposed to be in that moment, that that is where the universe wants me and that is where I'm supposed to be. Sometimes that moment hits me when I'm working with, you know, five math teachers in a middle school cafeteria on their prep period because that's the only place that's available for us to meet. Sometimes that moment hits me when I am on stage in front of thousands of people in a fancy auditorium, you know, giving a keynote. And, and I've always said, you know, give me two people, give me 2000 people, you're going to get the same level of passion from me, you know, that, um, that, that, that regardless of what it is, because when I'm doing what I do, when I'm feeling like that's where I'm supposed to be, to me, there's, there's nothing like it. What I have noticed is that I've also become very passionate about helping others to pursue their passion, to, you know, to kick off their own speaking career and interests and things like that. And so that's why I've been really excited last year and you got to be part of it, which I'm so grateful for. But last year we started the uh, Education Speakers Summit. Yeah. Uh, and so we're getting ready to to put together the uh, second annual education speaker summit, but it's really focused on helping education speakers, authors, and consultants, regardless of where they are in their journey to build their business, as well as expand their influence and, and to help spread their own message. And some people have a great message. They just need some help with the marketing. Some people have great marketing. They just need some help really, you know, really sort of focusing in on what their message is and, and how to make that relatable to others. So if anybody out there is listening, and I know you've got a lot of listeners uh, and is interested in something that definitely check out education speakers with an S summit.com. And we'd love to have you this year. Oh, that's awesome. And look, I can attest to it. Look, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. As I was just beginning to consider stepping out into this field, I had a wonderful opportunity to to watch you present. It was my first time seeing you that's right. in person. And uh, you were just so gracious. You took time. You talked. Uh, and then, you know, you 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 you. You delivered what you said in just a few moments ago, just being able to share. There's such a spirit of generosity that you have. And that's why I asked about the passion and the purpose, because I find folks that are walking in purpose, they have just that. They have that spirit of generosity because they understand that it's it's not about any one of us, but it's about us together. And uh, I just appreciate you for being you, man. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing. Hey, powerful thing. Just like we said earlier, we're all in this together. And, um, you know, I... I do truly, you know, as a teacher, you know, it is never, it is never our goal as, as classroom teachers to always, you know, be the smartest person in the room and to, to, you know, be, be smarter than our students. Like the, the greatest teachers, you know, they, they see their students not as they are, but as they can be. And so, you know, we don't, we don't want to, we don't, we want to create students who are smarter than us, who That's are you know, more effective than us. And so I want that as well when I work with colleagues and things like that. I, you know, I, I want to help develop anybody around me into, you know, their full potential and any way that I can help them do that, I'm 
more than happy to because ultimately, you know, I'm I'm not in it for me. I'm in it for this world getting better. And when we all get better, so does the whole world. That's it. Well, I see I see your legacy tree just flowering, getting bigger <laughs> and stronger <laughs> with every every season, man. Look, you know, you, you were talking about we're talking about the passion, we're talking about the the purpose and uh, I think really that comes down to fulfillment. There's a level of fulfillment that comes when when you're operating in those things. And hey, there's a, there's a little three-letter word we don't talk enough about in teaching. With the fulfillment comes the fun. It comes the fun. I think I think at some point we should be having fun with this thing. Now I'm not saying it's it's roses all the time and 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 unicorns and rainbows, but you know every so often we should have a we should have a moment that we take away. You know I I think it's important that we're intentional about being enjoyable that we're intentional about making sure that our classroom is an environment that's steeped in enjoyment and joy and fun um, again doesn't mean that we don't we don't have the rigor uh, but like like a like a uh, I think it was Joe Clark on lean on me the most unlikely person to talk about fun he said in the movie he said discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm you that's know we right. can have that discipline classroom that structure and that framework but at the same time the framework should not come at the expense of a level of fun. Uh, so, so talk to me, you know, as an educator, how can educators be intentional about focusing on the fun? Maybe not even necessarily from an instructional standpoint, but just, just having fun, maybe even outside the classroom. How do you, how do you make time for the enjoyment? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I you know, obviously, first of all, it, it starts, I think, with just being able to laugh at ourselves, about ourselves, thing like, things like that. You know, I, Teachers who cannot laugh at themselves, teachers who cannot chuckle about this incredibly tough and yet rewarding work that we do every day. I mean, funny things happen all the time. Funny things students say, funny things that just happen that are out of our control, funny things that happen, you know, in our classroom. And so that ability to keep that perspective and laugh about it from time to time, that actually sets the conditions for students to be able to have some fun. And I agree, I kind of agree with the part, you know, that you said about the discipline, you know, what it's hard to have fun when you don't have a well-managed classroom. It it's hard to have fun when you are struggling with a student who is, you know, struggling in your classroom. And so I always think, you know, as counterintuitive as, counterintuitive as it sounds, we can't, we've got to first set the conditions in order to have fun. We've got to actually, I guess, you, you know, we've got to plan on being spontaneous, as we like to yes. say, right? We, we, we've got to set those conditions. And when we have a well-managed classroom, when we know our content, then we're not struggling with those external things and we can really focus on having fun. And fun is something that can be planned. Fun is something that, um, that can be premeditated. You know, the greatest stand-up comedians, they've practiced their jokes hundreds, if not thousands of times before they deliver that punchline that gets everybody laughing. And so it's okay for a teacher to be intentional about, all right, I want to add some fun to my lessons, or I want to, you know, do these things. I mean, when I first started rapping, I thought I had to be like, you know, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still hopeful, but uh, my Come students- on, Snoop. Come on, my Snoop. Give my, my man a call. My students made it very clear, you know, I am a teacher who raps, not a rapper who teaches. <laughs> and that ability to just laugh at ourselves and, and have some fun with it, I think is really critical. And so it just starts with us. It starts with showing the students that 
We are imperfect beings, that we are struggling during this pandemic, that it is okay, uh, and that we're all very forgiving of each other when mistakes happen and, and when things go badly. And you know what, we just, uh, just like we do with our most challenging students, we, we say, you know what, today didn't go very well, but I still love you. So let's get in here tomorrow and try it again. That's it. Hey, I'm going to go back again. Snoop, give my man a call. With so much drama in the LBC, sometimes it's hard being Alex Kachitani, but somehow, go. some way, keep coming up with funky math hits like every single day. Somebody call Snoop. We got to get hired, on the line. Nikki, you're hired. <laughs> oh, it's, but you know, like, it's, it's just that. It's, it's having fun, having fun in the moment. And uh, I'm going to be honest, that, that felt good. And, and, and teaching should feel good. It should feel good, not just to our students. But to us as well, laughter is good for the soul. It's just good for the soul. So um, speaking of good for the soul, we're going we're gonna to take a short pause for the cause because it's that time. Folks that have been listening for a while know that we like to focus on the good sound. We like to give a focus of what is happening good in our world today. And I always like to give an opportunity for our, our listeners to hear what good things are happening and what can be happening into their lives. So we're going to take a quick pause and we'll be right back as we come to the end of our, our podcast session for on this episode. So we'll be right back. Keep on going, guys. See the sound on the other side. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. All right, guys, we are back. We are back. It's been an amazing conversation. It's been an amazing moment together with our good friend, Alex Cacciatani. And we have just, uh, I think we've all been benefited. I think we've all been enriched, so to speak, uh, by this time. And, and I hope that you have as well, uh, as much as I have. So, look, Alex, this is what we do each and every time. So I'm, I'm going to catch you off guard with this one a little bit. But all I think right. it's important. Um, in the world that we live in, it is so easy to get caught up in the negative, to be consumed with the anxiety, uh, to, to just come under the pressures uh, of life and, and have so much pressure on our shoulders. And, and I find that sometimes something as simple as focusing on the good, finding that sound. Now, you know, when I say sound, I'm not talking about the audible necessarily. I'm talking about the internal, that unique personal significance that we all carry, that, that, that essence about us that can either resonate or repel others. We all have that sound, but oftentimes the sound can go unnoticed. And most importantly, many times we can't be aware of the sound. We can't hear the sound. We can't see the sound because we haven't turned down the noise. So we're going to turn down the noise a little bit. And I want to challenge you in the next few moments to share with us one good thing that happened today the bad stuff is easy to remember but one good thing i don't think it's going to take you long man because you're that, just that kind of guy one good thing share with us one good thing that's happened today Ooh, boy you know i i think that i might have something that that fits very perfectly with this but i i actually heard a quote today that I was so taken by, I grabbed a post-it note. You can see it right here. Okay. I grabbed a post-it note and I wrote it down because I knew, I knew that if I didn't grab this post-it note and write it down, it was going to be gone. And so I stopped, I wrote it down. And the more I think about this quote, uh, the, and, and, you know, it, we hear quotes all the time and things like that, but this one I'd, I'd never heard before, but was so taken by its simplicity and yet it's profound wisdom. 
Uh, and I have never heard of this person, uh, but the person's name is Anne Voskamp. I'll have to Google them later. But the quote is, full attention slows the current. Let me say that again. Full attention slows the current. Wow. Right? Oh, and I've been, through, I've been thinking about that, that, you know, in today, as we live in this world of, you know, internet and social media and this constant demand for more and more and quicker and faster and, and let's do this and let's get that done and all of the demands that are placed on us and as so many of us feel like we're just being carried down this river under, you know, of, of COVID and the pandemic and, and everything that's happening that we have no control over, when we, if we want to slow that current, stop. Mm focus on something, focus on what's right in front of us, focus on that thing we've been wanting to do, but just stop, focus, because full attention slows the current. And that was, uh, boy, not only was that my quote for today, that was really the quote that made my day. That's good. Full good. attention slows the current. Full attention slows the current. That, that, is, that is powerful. Look, if you have not written that one down, you better be driving or something. It, it better be something like, like I, the only grace we're giving you on that one is like, we don't want bodily harm. But if you are in a situation where you can take this down, you definitely need to, because that that is a game changer. That's a game changer uh, because our world does not really promote that. Our world promotes, like you said, the, and I won't even say business, but the busyness. The, the go, go, go. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I know it's like Mickey says, keep on going, but but the music keeps on going, but even in music, there's sound and there's silence. There's notes and there's rest, uh, you know? Yeah. And I think we can keep going with our, with our, with our song, but every so often it's, it's good to give the audience time to absorb it. It's good to give ourselves time to absorb and to prep and, to, and, 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 and just to respond to it because that's what life was meant. Life was meant to be experienced. And if we're just going, 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 we never leave time to experience. And I'm, look, I'm, I'm, preaching to myself, so to speak, right now. But what you just said really, really struck a chord with me. Uh, I love that. Full attention slows the current. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful. Hey, I, I try look, I tried to tell I tried to tell everybody today that you that you all were in for a treat if you were under the sound of our voices. And by all means, this absolutely did not disappoint. Uh, Alex, I can't say thank you enough for just sharing your time, your talent, and your treasure, the gems you shared with us today. I truly believe that this is going to be something that's gonna make measurable impact in the lives of not just uh, educators, but anyone who may be enjoying this because at the end of the day, I think we're all teachers to some extent. We're all, if we're doing life right, we're all value adders. I always like to say educators because I think an educator is somebody who adds the value. And uh, whether you're a parent, whether you're a spouse, whether you're I, what, whatever you where whatever you are wherever you may be however you may be we all have an opportunity with each day to add a little bit of value and, and Alex I just want to say thank you for adding the value and I'm gonna ask you and invite you to add a little bit more value right now and let folks know how we can do what you said earlier and that is let's stay together in the words of Al Green how can we stay together and get through this thing in a powerful way let folks know how they can connect with you yeah, thanks, Mickey. You know, I never want to be the guest who people hear from and they never hear from them again. So please, please, please. I'm a real person. Uh, I answer every single email intentionally sent to me. So feel free to check out my website, alexkajitani.com. It's 
K-A-J-I-T-A-N-I. So alexkajitani.com. You can check out the books that I've written, all of the projects that I'm working on. That's a, a really good way. Uh, I've got a couple things that I'm really passionate about right now. The first one, the one that I spoke about earlier, uh, if anybody out there is listening and they're interested in just looking into the possibility of writing a book or speak, becoming a speaker, like you're becoming a, a top speaker as well as uh, consulting, definitely check out the educationspeakerssummit.com. Uh, and I'm also on a mission to make sure every kid masters their times tables mm -hmm. so that they can be confident in math and in life. And so I started the now wildly popular program, multiplicationnation.com. It's an online program. I know parents and teachers don't have time to sit with every kid and you know do those flashcards. So uh, I've got a, a great online program that's super engaging, super entertaining, and will make sure that kids master their multiplication tables again so they can be confident in math and life. So be sure to check out multiplicationnation.com. If that's something that you're interested, we we can set set you up. It's uh, totally free to try it out. You can try it with your class, with your, we have entire districts using the program. Um, and mostly, you know what, just keep listening to Mickey. Keep listening, keep tuning in, keep checking out all the guests that he's got because uh, I'm so appreciative of the work that you're doing, the motivation that you're bringing. And uh, I tell myself all the time, keep on going. And I learned that from you. Man, thank you so much. Thank you. I can't say thank you enough for just everything and, and who you are and, and sharing again your time with us today. It's absolutely been a pleasure and an honor. And uh, to our audience out there, remember, as we always say, it's all good. Just keep on going because this thing called life, it's just a class. And the world that we live in, as crazy as it may be some days, is simply a classroom. So do me a favor. Make your classroom sound. Make your teaching epic. And I promise you, I promise you, your legacy will be significant. Until next time, keep on going. Your sound will change the world if you do just that. See the sound, MickeySmithJr.com. Can you hear the sound, heartbeat of that motherless child? As we search for love, we all need a warmth of a smile. There's a sound that is so sweet when we hear, child, you belong. So let our words of love flow freely. Like a river strong And let us The sound To change the world Let us be The sound To change the world Let us be The sound To change the world i